In the history of Major League Baseball, only one player has been murdered during a season. Lyman Wesley Bostock Jr. This is the story of his life, his death, and what happened to the man who murdered him. Wesley, July 18th, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Speak for Yourself, Marcel Swiley, Emmanuel Acho. Let's get it started in the NBA, where our guy, Slick Rick DeBuker, posed a question to execs in his article on FoxSports.com that asked, what destination makes the most sense for Kevin Durant? An anonymous Eastern Conference GM said the Warriors, because their contending window, is closing with the decline of Steph Curry. The article added that Steph has reached out several times to KD about a reunion. Acho. Who would benefit more from a KD reunion? Steph or KD? Neither. Neither. Marcellus Wiley. not the question. Uh, There's there's just no beneficiary. (laughs) There is no beneficiary. Um, Let's think about this practically, shall we, America? Yes. Uh, If Steph Curry were to get to six, seven, eight championships, Kevin Durant were to get to five, six, seven championships, we're still not speaking of them in the likes of Michael Jordan and the Mm. likes of LeBron James, Mm. because what we would have to do is say, well, all of these championships, the majority, y'all won because of each other. Unlike Michael Jordan, whose next best player was Scottie Pippen, a great player, a top 50 player, obviously, but not a top 10 player. Steph Curry, top 10 player. Kevin Durant, fringe top 10 player. Even if you don't like Steph Curry, fringe top 10 player. So it doesn't actually benefit either of them for them to join forces. There is what we call the law of diminishing returns. Returns. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I love doing this show with Marcellus Vernon Wiley only because he's intelligent at times. The law of diminishing returns, America. There comes a point in time when you get a return, you get a return, you get a return, but eventually that return starts to diminish. Mm. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, they join forces. Championship yields a return to the legacy. Another championship yields a return to the legacy. Go to another NBA Finals yields a return to the legacy. But after about two to three championships together, that return begins to diminish. Why? Because we come to the realization that, wait a second, Hmm. you all are winning these championships because you have each other. At least you, Kevin Durant. Uh. So these championships start to lose their weight in legacy form. They do not at all lose their weight in reality. They start to lose their weight in legacy form. For that reason, it truly benefits neither of them to join forces. They have gotten all of the juice out of the squeeze. They have wrung (laughs) all the water out of the towel, if you will. Yes. So benefits neither. Now, I can and I will Mm. in about Three minutes after you finish, make an argument for fun. Kevin Durant. Oh, oh, really? Uh, oh, so neither does have a winner. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> before we get to what is this going to benefit who, Steph or KD, how can I benefit your voice right now? How can I benefit you right now? How can I be of assistance to you? Oh, my dog, I've been there because I'm still there. Right. Uh, you never know the value <laughs> Of coordinating breath with speech yes. until you lose your voice. Until you lose I'm your like voice. every three words. Breathe, mm-hmm. exhale, breathe, yeah. exhale. All Go right, ahead I'm with you, big dog. Uh, let's just talk about how this is going to benefit. You said neither. I'm going to say both. Hmm. Uh, wow. It was tough for me as well to say or. And I can make the argument for both sides because that's why I said both. Let's start off with Kevin Durant right now. Oh, poor Kevin Durant has a stench on him right now, like Pigpen walking around. You imagine being the second best player on the planet, but 
the world is telling you to hang your head low because you're a runner, because you're a cupcake, because you can't stay still, because you're ring chasing. Literally, Kevin Durant is sitting there living in an alternative universe. In the same world where Andrew Wiggins dusted off his stench and his stigma and his resume from underachieving slash maybe bust to look at Wiggins. And now the world is telling Andrew Wiggins, walk around with your head high and feel proud. And Andrew Wiggins is nowhere near Kevin Durant. (laughs) So, Kevin Durant, if you go to Golden State right now, oh, my God, that culture, that winning brand that promotes that you're going to be playing not only for championships, but with the most likable superstar in all of sports, all of a sudden, that stench is gone. (laughs) Kevin Durant benefits not only because he gets more championships, more success ultimately, but his image, the perception changes. Now, he ain't the only one going to win because Steph Curry's sitting there in the Steph cave right now. And Steph Curry knows there's always that one button and it changes colors. Right now it's real bright purple and it says LeBron on it because LeBron is lurking. LeBron James, of course, is going to come back healthy, reminding people that LeBron James averaged 30 points a game last year. So there's no decline in LeBron James's game. And Steph Curry knows in the back of his mind that when LeBron is fully loaded, Oh, me and my boys, we are not enough. Remember his first championship, LeBron wasn't fully loaded. Get to the finals. Where's Kyrie? Where's Kevin Love? No, 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 no. We don't have them. We got Matthew Dellavedova. So then after that, then he comes back the next year. What a better team. The best team in NBA history regular season. He wins a unanimous MVP, and he's ready to go to finals, and LeBron is sitting there fully loaded. He said, I don't need to hit that button yet. And then LeBron said, next time, hit the button. Kevin Durant, he did it then, guess what? Do it now, because if not, if LeBron James comes back fully loaded, Steph and Wiggins, Steph and Poole, Steph and one-legged Clay, Steph and Draymond, sorry, big dog, LeBron's already proven that ain't enough. I'm not going to argue against LeBron's greatness. I wouldn't do that, so I, I adhere to that point. Okay. But what you must concede to is this. What? Only Kevin Durant would benefit by a reunion. Steph Curry would take a major hit. Mm. You say Kevin Durant's a top 10 player all time, correct, sir? Yes, yes. Well, we also know Michael Jordan's a top 10 player with six championships. LeBron James is with four championships. Tim Duncan is with five championships. Kobe Bryant is with five championships. Shaquille O'Neal is with four championships. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is with six championships. Mm. And then if you like to go with the old school and you like to go with Wilt, obviously Bill Russell, he has countless championships (laughs) but you get to that point of wait a second which one of these are not like the other because Kevin Durant if you're a top 10 player you only have two chips but all of the other top 10 players Shaq Kobe Uh, Duncan uh. Michael LeBron Kareem Russell all of the other top 10 players have several championships Durant where your chips at? Where they Big at? Dog. Where they at? Where they at, though? Where they Steph, at? Steph, you yes. got yours. Steph, yeah. you got four. You belong. Oh. But KD, sir, you only have two. So simply by looking in totality of like, yo, I can't put you in the top 10 because mm. you look too different than them. What they say, so I learned this coming out of college. Mm, talk to me. Show me your five closest friends and I can show you who you are. Ooh. I don't actually have to look at you an individual. I just have to look at the company you keep. Mm. 
The company that Tim Duncan keeps is Kobe Bryant, is Shaquille O'Neal, is Michael Jordan, is Larry Bird. Championships, 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 multiple MVPs. The company that Magic Johnson keeps is Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, five chips, five chips, LeBron James, four chips, Michael Jordan, six. The company that they keep, I don't even have to look at Magic. If somebody were to say, hey, show me what a top 10 player of all time looks like, and I would just show you, well, they have to have three to six championships. They have to have maybe two to four league MVPs. They have to have a finals MVP. Show me the company you keep, and I can show you who you are. Kevin Durant, as it stands right now with two chips, does not belong in that company. Mm. He would be an outlier. Kevin Durant would stand to would gain exponentially by winning more chips. He's the only one that can gain in a reunion with Steph Curry because as it stands right now, Steph Curry's into the club. IDs, please. <laughs> four championships. You win IDs. Four championships. <laughs> IDs. KD, you know you got a fake. Ah, come on, KD. No, no, come, come on, on KD. <laughs> come on, big dog. Where you at? So. It's only Kevin Durant that stands to gain by you. Oh, I love that. I love that. But then KD tall, right? So he had the bouncer. And the bouncer wide, but he ain't as tall. Ain't no 6'11", 400-pound bouncer. He need to be wrestling. So <laughs> he's sitting there, come on, KD. And KD like, but, but. Hakeem, Hakeem in, in. Hakeem in there. He ain't there no more. Oh, oh, he ain't in there. Oh, he ain't oh, no. He's oh, behind him. Oh, oh, he about, Will, Will, is Will, Will, Will in there. Big, big O, I hear, you know, the OGs tell me big O. Like, what? Oh, I can't get in. I'm Kevin Durant. Oh, that's how they treat me at this club. So it was a tremendous point, not the best math, because if the club only got 10 VIP sections, they ain't all full yet. And KD got a credit card. And it's black. So let me in. Here's the thing. I love what you said in terms of Kevin Durant will benefit. I am not going to sit here and say that that's not the greatest point for Kevin Durant. Get those chips up. And Steph Curry's going to benefit as well because he's like, now I'm going to get someone who's better than what I have right now. Think about it. If you're Steph Curry for real, objectively speaking in basketball terms, Mm -hmm. is Clay better than KD? No, No, sir. Uh, Is Draymond better than KD? No, No, sir. Is Jordan Poole in potential better than KD? No. Is Wiggins better than KD? No. Is a package of them worth giving up to get KD? Yeah. And that's the conversation. At least that's the mental math you got to have if you're Steph Curry because you made the great point. It's the company you keep. So they will extend their championship window longer if they do it together. A shared experience with a tier one player is how you get multiple championships, i.e. Steph Curry and KD the first time. But you made the argument about company you keep based on I see magic, I see greatness. Mm -hmm. But what you didn't make, and this is the point I'm going to make, is the company that magic kept made him great. Let's go to magic. Who did he go with? He didn't just show up to the club solo. Kareem was driving that limo too. Who else was in there? Worthy was in there. Byron Scott. Like, Jamal, like, come on, man. Like, this dude came deep. Larry Bird. Are you kidding me? Kevin McHale sitting there. Mm-hmm. Robert Parrish sitting there. Danny ain't. All them cats. Come on. Michael Jordan, did you come solo? Did you just come on a motorcycle? No. You came deep as well. So, Kevin Durant, you got to come deep. Steph Curry's looking around right now. I'm thinking, this ain't deep enough. I like this pool, but this pool ain't deep enough. I'm going to need something else. And the Splash Brothers are no more. So KD and Steph will benefit unless Steph has to hit that LeBron button. Then you're going to see KD for sure. But you know what they say. They always try to say that every championship is the same. And I I refuse to believe that Mm. because this championship that Steph Curry won without Kevin Durant 
is more valuable to his legacy in my mind than the two that he won with Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, for his Reason, legacy. Yes. Exactly right. Exactly. For Steph's exactly. legacy oh, personally. Yeah, because, Steph, you got your finals MVP. Mm-hmm. You got your titles. You did it with your next best player being Draymond, Clay. Yeah. Like, these are the arguments we have. Yeah. Like, who's Jordan's next best player? Pippen. Who was Bron's next best player when he went? Kyrie, D-Wade, Bosh. Uh, who was Magic's next best player? Kareem. Who was Kareem's next best player? Magic. Mm. Who was Duncan's next best player? Okay. Fair. Fair. Manu, Tony Parker, David Robinson, if you want to talk about the first one. Yeah. Who was Steph's next best player? A one-legged Clay? Mm-hmm. Dre? Mm. Like, that is huge for the legacy yes. of yes. Steph. Yes, totally agree. Why in the world... Would I need to win another chip with Kevin Durant? I just don't know what it adds. Okay, Steph, you got five. Steph got more than LeBron. Sure. <clears throat> but, okay, I'm going to go here. I don't even know if I should say this. I might get in trouble. Oh, my. I'm not going to uh, <laughs> gonna use names, but you'll like this. So, there are certain athletes in track and field who have now been suspended uh, because of the chromosomal issue and all that oh, whole debate. Yeah. I got you. Um, I know you. But many of the Olympic athletes would submit that this athlete who is now suspended wasn't actually performing as best as they could have performed because they did not want to necessarily make it look that much more unfair. Mm -hmm. So while they could have set a world record by maybe two or three seconds, they chose to only set a world record by a second. Because if you break the world record that greatly, now everybody's going to be looking at you like, wait a second, something ain't right, this ain't fair, timeout, foul on the play, I'm throwing a flag. So many Olympic athletes that I have talked to have submitted, though this athlete was good, they tapered their goodness to not out themselves. Yep, yep, yep. I heard. I bring up that parallel because of Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Steph, four chips right now, nobody's looking at you like, man, you was cheating, big dog. Nobody's calling you out for, man, you had an unfair squad. But let you win seven chips in your career and let five of them Four of them be with Kevin Durant. Let you win six chips in your career and now have as many chips as many submit as the greatest of all time in Michael Jordan. And four of them chips is with Kevin Durant. Mm. Now we are looking at you stuff like, yeah, but you was cheating, big dog. You're clean right now. You're innocent. You're one of the greatest players of all time, and nobody is looking at you as though you rigged the system, even though two of your championships are with another top 10 player. Only other person who can say that is Magic. Only other person who can say that is Kareem because they played together. Right now, Steph, you in the club and nobody's calling you out because you win. But if you start to win too much, now we're going to look at you and now we're going to have to accuse you of some things that you right now are currently innocent of. Oh, man. Tremendous problem. There is somebody. And he better push that button. Because that's the problem, LeBron James. You know how you get around. We do television, right? So we do it for the masses. We do it for the audience. We're talking to each other, but we're talking with them. But then we leave here, and sometimes we talk to the exact person we just talked about, right? And that conversation goes a little different because now we can say things maybe more profane, uh, a little more salacious. Maybe we can go deeper into the weeds of that conversation. And we're like, oh, dog. Just like how you can normally talk to someone in public. And then you got your group text. I'm sure there are different levels in terms of the depths of that conversation. If LeBron James and Steph Curry sat down at the same table and people said, this is the same table of greatness. 
First of all, LeBron wants the head seat at that table. And Steph Curry right now tied in championships can't even get that head seat from LeBron, right? LeBron is unanimously ranked higher than Steph Curry. However, if Steph Curry gets more championships than LeBron, then you got a conversation. Here's the thing. Steph Curry hasn't proven just yet that when LeBron is sitting there ready for it, that he can overtake LeBron. So LeBron's like, all right, got you. The only way you could get me is just about counting numbers. Now, how are you going to get there if you're going to try and run it back? And I see you in the playoffs and you run one legged clay. You run Draymond. You run Jordan Poop. That's not going to cut it. So I think Steph Curry knows in his heart of hearts, I'm going to need that ammunition. And I don't even feel bad about getting it because I had it before for half of the championships I got right now. But here, I think, is the problem with Steph Curry trying to acquire ammunition. You end up in a fight that you shouldn't be in. Let me hear. So when I would walk into the locker rooms, 8 a.m. in the morning, NFL facility, let's take y'all there, let's paint the picture. Everybody's in there just eating their breakfast, eating their oatmeal, meandering through the locker room, through the uh, weight room, through mm-hmm. the uh, training room, all that. Mm-hmm. I would see cats scoring on each other. For y'all that don't know, scoring on each other, clowning. clowning. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Clowning on your shoes, getting these mm-hmm. jokes off. Yeah, yeah. I would just walk on by. And try to keep my head out of it. Because oh. if you try to laugh too hard. Oh, you're in the joke. Yeah, that's permission. <laughs> to smash. You laugh too hard at a joke, you better get clowned on. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. a safe distance. Because mm. if you keep a safe distance, <clears throat> ain't nobody clowning you. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Blessings. You know, in church, they'd be like, mm, you're okay. <laughs> you're okay, <laughs> baby. You're okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk. Hey, you can't talk. You need me. You need me. Don't die on the stage right now because I don't know what kind of insurance you got. Here's the thing. Let me talk about this. Do you remember this? How about this? I don't even need to talk. You remember this look? Let me do it in full. Let me do the full spectrum. You ready, Acho? Wow. You remember that? That was LeBron James in the finals smacking Steph Curry shot and looking at him like, Dog, who in the hell thinking you and I on the same level? Trust me, this is a war in firearms, dog. This is a war where you got to have your nukes. And if you look at it, I don't think Steph Curry got the ammunition going forward. He got to this place. But if KD is there, push that button. If not, Braun going to appear. Coming up, Lamar Jackson had a subtle response to not being named the top 10 quarterback. Tell you if he's being too quiet, but first... Baker Mayfield says he was shocked with how his exit went from Cleveland. Oh, my God. We'll tell you if he should be. That's next on Speak for Yourself. If I took a speak. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Phil had his first press conference as a Carolina Panther yesterday. Sounds like he's ready to put his four years as a Brown in the rear view mirror, saying he has, quote, no animosity towards Cleveland, but there still was a big buildup to the trade. Take a listen. If I'm focused on the past, then I'm not doing my job and, you know, being a Carolina Panther now. So I'm, like I said, I'm grateful for my time there. Uh, yeah, shocked. I'd say it was, you know, pretty much the only way to describe it. But you roll with the punches and you got to move forward. 
You know, this is a, a test of adversity and how I'm going to handle it and how I can move forward and be the best teammate possible with, with our new home. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so should Baker Mayfield be shocked by his Browns exit? Yes, he should be. You got to think. If you are the greatest thing that's ever happened to a person, the greatest thing that's ever happened to a business, the greatest thing that's ever happened to a company Mm. in the last 30 years, then why in the world would you ever be forced out of that business, that relationship, or that company? It makes absolutely zero sense. I would be shocked if I stepped to somebody and I'm the greatest thing that's happened to them over the duration of three decades and they want nothing to do with me. Shocking. Now, Baker has to understand that, no, his play may not have been great, but Baker understands a bigger picture. Many of you viewing this have never lived in Cleveland, never played for the Browns. Marcellus never played for the Browns, obviously. He's visited Cleveland. I have done both, lived in Cleveland and thus played for the Browns. What I know about the history of the Browns is this. Baker truly is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to that franchise. This is not my opinion. (laughs) These are the facts. Let's talk about winning percentages. At minimum, six starts in the history of Cleveland Browns over the last 20 years. Baker Mayfield falls there at second. Out of 18 plausible candidates, Baker Mayfield is second. Out of 18 plausible candidates. You want to talk about elite? You want to talk about great? If you finish second out of 18 in the class, that's good. If you finish one out of nine in the class because you don't want to do the math and simplify it, that is good. Out of 18 cats, Baker Mayfield was second. So he is the second greatest thing that's happened to the Browns at the quarterback position as it pertains to wins and losses since 1999. And y'all want to depart from him? Shocking. Because mm. Brian Hoyer, who beats Baker Mayfield on that <laughs> list as far as winning percentage, he chose to leave to reunite with Bill O'Brien, his former quarterback coach with the New England Patriots, and he became the starter in Houston. So the only other person... That's better than Baker Mayfield in the last 20 years as it pertains to winning percentage left to go be a starter. But you, Cleveland, Mm. have the audacity to kick the greatest thing that's happened to y'all in 20 years out of the franchise. Y'all have the audacity to do that. At a minimum, it's shocking. At a maximum, it's mind-blowing. Oh, Baker should not be shocked. Um, I'm shocked that you went so hard for Baker, but I understand you made a great point that he was the greatest to the Cleveland Browns franchise in the last 30 years. But they asked themselves a question after a six-win season and a six-win season, an 11-win, and then a six-win season. He's the greatest to us, but will he be the greatest for us? And then, Baker, there's no more shock involved. You saw Deshaun Watson come, land at your position, and get the highest guaranteed contract in NFL history. Let me just give you this story for contrast. Taylor Heineke in Washington, they interviewed him after practice one day with Carson Wentz there, and they asked him, what do you think about the competition and Carson Wentz being on the team? He's like, "Uh, I think the money's going to win out. (laughs) Yeah, Taylor, I love you, big dog. Keep it 100. I think no matter what I do, the money's going to win out. What We both play in the league. If they just bring in somebody in our position, undrafted, we like, who's this? If he high, highly drafted, uh-oh, who that? If he comes in with the biggest contract guaranteed ever, shock is out the window. <laughs> not surprised at all from that point. Baker Mayfield, not just talking about his game, he's been falling in the eyes of the Cleveland faithful and been falling in the eyes of this organization. Then he tried to brace his fall by writing that love letter. Thought you were shocked. 
You wrote a love letter to us instead of talking to who you need to talk to or talking with the weapons you have, which is your ability on the football field. Then he hits the ground after all this falling. Oh, and they're going to act like, who pushed me? I'm shocked. Why am I on the ground? Baker Mayfield, enough of the theatrics. It's okay, big dog. Your position was just invaded by the greatest contract ever. There's no shock. And more importantly, you participated in every step of the way of your rise and your fall. To me, if you're an active participant, how can you be shocked? <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's walk down this line, shall we? Shall we? Were you shocked now, retroactively, um, that Deshaun Watson has, what, uh, 24 civil allegations? Based on yeah, what you Pretty yeah. shocking. Oh, yeah, from pretty hello, shocking. yes. Um, were you shocked that Deshaun Watson sat out all of last season? Yeah, I didn't think they would let that fly. I was shocked as well. Yeah. We're on the same page. Were you shocked that after sitting out all of last season, Deshaun Watson got more money and fully guaranteed? David Mulugana! What the hell did he shocked, do? Yes. Shocked, yes. Yes. shocked, yes. shocked, yes. yes. All of these things were shocking, and it took all of these things for Baker Mayfield to get replaced. Mm -hmm. If Deshaun does not get $230 million guaranteed, he's not replacing Baker Mayfield, and thus Baker is still the starter. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, those were really the four quarterbacks that were really on the move. We knew Matt Ryan might move. We knew Carson Wentz was mm -hmm. going to move. Mm -hmm. But those were the four, really. <clears throat> Jimmy G, he ain't going nowhere. Ain't that leaves three. Not yet. Aaron Rodgers re-signed the Packers. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson has signed with Denver. So Baker's sitting there like, oh, I'm good. We have no reason to try to uh, go after Deshaun Watson. And if we're being real, I love y'all Cleveland. Zanza Bar is a fire restaurant out there. But <laughs> y'all aren't recruiting any big-time free agent quarterbacks. Yeah, Sorry. A quarterback's not looking around and saying, yeah, Cle Barrio, Ohio, that's where I want to live. Mm -hmm. Outside of $230 million guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So... The reason Baker has the right to be shocked is because everything that took place to get him replaced is shocking. Deshaun sitting out and then getting a raise and then fully guaranteeing it and him coming to Cleveland, all of this is shocking. Oh, do you want better? Okay. The Browns were shocked that they got Deshaun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about it. Oh, Browns yeah. said, oh, we out of the Deshaun sweepstakes. Deshaun said, y'all are out of the sweepstakes. Brown said, hey, Baker, you are quarterback for the foreseeable future. Deshaun was like, oh, wait. Y'all fully guaranteeing bread? Come on. The Browns are shocked. Mm -hmm. So if the Browns are shocked, I think Baker Mayfield is justified to be shocked. Yeah, and that's the reason why I don't think he's justified. Everything that's shocking that happened for Deshaun Watson and what happened to this organization wouldn't have landed in Cleveland unless Baker Mayfield already set the stage for an opportunity to come. Oh. Weren't there, there are 32 teams. Were there 32 landing spots for Deshaun Watson? No, sir. About five. About yeah. five, six. You want to know why? Because those places, if he would have landed in one of those five, that would have been shock. Aaron Rodgers, no, Deshaun Watson. You protect yourself. So once you don't protect yourself, how can you be shocked? Baker Mayfield, you had a bad relationship, or let's just say a dwindling relationship with your head coach. I told you the story yesterday. Let me just say it in short again. Kevin Stefanski misses a play caller meeting, allegedly, talking to Miles Garrett because Miles Garrett was hot at the team. Calms Miles Garrett down. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield starts woofing. You know what Kevin Stefanski said? 
I'm taking your pass away. All of those incompletions and bad plays that I was like, oh, we're going to get those right. Now I'm holding your feet to the fire. And you know when someone you're working with, especially if they're your superior, starts to hold your feet to the fire and give you no more passes, oh, life's going to look a lot different. Mm. So, Baker, you're not shocked anymore because mm. Stefanski coming at you 100. Then you go into the offseason, you're not shocked because you write the letter to us. You go into the offseason, you're not shocked because they already said we're trying to upgrade at all positions. You don't say that to franchise quarterbacks. They're ego. They're protected. They wear different color jerseys in practice. Whatever you want to say, we don't touch them. <laughs> they are protected, right? And Baker, you weren't protected, so you're not shocked. Before we get out, I'm going to personalize this. So. Uh -oh. <clears throat> you got shocked. Buckle up. <laughs> okay. Who was your celebrity crush growing up? Vivica Fox, Vanessa Williams. Janet, Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Yes, yes. At what point in time was Janet Jackson no longer your celebrity crush, sir? Um, after her and JD went out, Jermaine Dupri, I was like, it's a wrap. Okay, you know? fair, fair, fair. My way. Um, did you kind of convince yourself in the event Janet Jackson is checking, I'm checking back? I had a moment. I got a story. It almost went down, but it didn't. It was, it was, a good, it was good from far and was far from good. All right, I'm listening. Um, happily married man you yeah, are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I look up to you and your marriage and all the things, but I would have to submit that though happily married. Hmm? <laughs> what, what? Early on. Huh? If Janet was checking, when? and you checking back, Where you might have been like, oh, oh, oh. Janet, we, we, can, we can break bread. We can go get sushi. All the things. <laughs> the fact of the matter is that never occurred because Janet wasn't necessarily checking. checking. <laughs> but had Janet been checking, <clears throat> you might have been checking back. What's my point? What's my point? What's my point? Annemarie's safe. Baker was safe. Except Janet Watson, if you will. <laughs> Was checking. Was checking. It is shocking mm. because Baker's like, yo, I thought Deshaun was out of y'all's league mm. because I am your league. <laughs> so I didn't think y'all yes, had a chance to yes, get Deshaun because I'm all y'all got. Yes. It is shocking to see you, Cleveland, y'all got Deshaun. How? How in the world he want to go from, Cle uh, from Houston to here? Mm. Baker grew up in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, roughly two and a half hours, maybe 120 miles from Houston, Texas. Baker Mayfield knows what Houston is like. Baker Mayfield knows what Cleveland is like. Deshaun, you chose to leave Houston to come here? Mm. Cleveland, how the heck y'all pull this off? Mm. So I think it is, in fact, shocking because Baker knows what the Browns league is because Baker is the Browns league. If you pull Janet, that's shocking. Uh, it's shocking, big dog. Oh, really? What'd you say? <laughs> Look at me again. What? <laughs> I get what you're saying, and I love that example. I love that example. I'm not going to go with that example because in the NFL, let's just say that all these marriages are open. Mm. I mean, unless you put yourself in a position where uh, ain't nobody even going to try and talk or touch because you're just that damn good. Mm -hmm. And Baker Mayfield knew he wasn't that damn good. What's the definition of shock? Felt surprised and upset. Mm. The letter validates the upset. Surprise, the fact that you even felt the intention to write that same letter. You know what Baker Mayfield tried to get away with? Low expectations and just try to be higher than those low expectations. Uh, I don't know if they have these in Texas, but in L.A. we got them. They call continuation schools. That's where if you just get a little off course while you're going through middle school, junior high, high school, you got to go to continuation school. The gangsters went there, right? The people who weren't on track. They get out early. They had different courses, lesser academic stress. 
You go in that class, guess what? You could be an A student in that class, but guess what? That's not the majors. That's not the NFL. You got to come back to the real school and then acclimate yourself to this. Baker tried to hide away in that continuation school and get A's with all them gangsters, with all them Brian Hoyers, with all them backups. And now Deshaun Watson shows up, a real student, a real baller, and that's it. But you're not shocked by that because you know no matter where you are, if you're only being high because everything else is low, sooner or later somebody's going to raise that bar. Coming up, Commissioner Adam Silver is weighing in on Kevin Durant's trade request. We'll tell you if we agree with his criticism of KD. That's next on Speak for Yourself. <laughs> I got to tell you my Janet story since you on that. Saturday is baseball night in America on Fox as the Red Sox head to the Bronx to take on Aaron Judge and the rival Yankees or the Brewers take on the Giants on Saturday, 7 Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Check local listings for the game in your area. Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn, according to reports, but he still has four years left on his deal. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver was asked about KD's trade request yesterday and said, quote, we don't like to see players requesting trades, and we don't like to see it playing out the way it is. Got to bring in Fox NBA analyst Slick Rick the Buker in for this, but Acho, you agree with Adam Silver's criticism of Kevin Durant? Absolutely, and I love the criticism, not because it's criticism, but I love it because Adam Silver is the responsible adult in a room full of owners, a room full of players. Adam Silver's like, look, my objective is to make sure this game continues to go round and round and round year after year. And the only way it can do that is if the players trust the owners and the owners trust the players. The owners are paying the players in fully guaranteed contracts. Thus, the players need to fulfill their fully guaranteed contracts. That is the only way that this ecosystem of basketball can go around. I come on television every fall and adamantly defend NFL players because owners have not fully guaranteed their deals. You might be offered a $100 million deal and only see $20 million of that money. As a result, we come on television and say, look, owners, it ain't fair that you're telling the athletes one thing yet doing another. Mm. If we come on television and say that in defense of the athletes, it is only fair that we come on television in defense of the owners and make the exact same claim. The NBA owners are fully guaranteeing these NBA athletes their contracts. So fulfill your contract. Hmm. Think about this. Kevin Durant missed an entire season and played 35 games in the next season, yet the Brooklyn Nets offered him a five-year, essentially, maximum dollar deal, $200-plus million. One year into that deal, Kevin Durant wants out. Imagine this, conversely. If the... Brooklyn Nets offered Kevin Durant a five-year, $200-plus million deal. And after one year of that deal, the Brooklyn Nets were like, yeah, KD, sorry, we're cutting you, and that contract is becoming void. We would be up in arms. The only way sports can go round and round is if the owners and the athletes keep their word. If we're fighting for it in football from the perspective of the players, we got to fight for it in basketball from the perspective of the owners. I like it too, Acho. However, for slightly different reasons, because I don't see Adam Silver, and I think this is important to keep in mind, Adam Silver is not the boss of the NBA. He's the commissioner of the NBA. But there are uh, people above him, and those are the 30 owners. That's who he ultimately, ultimately works for. So what he is saying is laying the ground for, groundwork for what is about to happen. He's saying this because the owners 
feel that Kevin Durant has taken this too far. The NBA's popularity has exploded over the last 10, 15 years. COVID and the pandemic and all of that have taken it down a notch. The TV ratings are not the same. They've taken a dip. But the general popularity based on social media and engagement and everything else, the NBA is, has, has grown exponentially in those areas. And why? Because there has been greater player movement than ever before. The idea that a superstar could come to your team or your town has enlivened fans in a way that simply didn't exist before. So the NBA loves that part of it. What they don't like is, as you pointed out, making an agreement with a player, uh, paying them premium, and then having that player turn around and say, yeah, but I'm going to do business with someone else. That's taking too much of the authority and control out of the owner's hands. So what Adam Silver is doing is basically this is a shot across the bow of the players union to say this is going too far and you can be assured that in the next collective bargaining agreement that we're going to change this where if you sign this kind of a contract you're not going to be tradable for X number of years of that contract. Now that impinges both the team and the player but, you know, it's it is it's like anything, you know, the 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 person who has a few too many. Hmm. And as a result, they go, you know what? Can't allow alcohol after the seventh inning or whatever it might be. Like there's always somebody who goes too far and it ends up taking away the freedom of the many. That is what Kevin Durant has done. And Adam Silver is only responding in kind. Ah. Oh. And that's why they have so many fights before the sixth inning, because everybody's trying to get it in before the seventh inning and they shut it down. Hilarious <laughs> how that works out. Nothing's perfect. Oh, Adam Silver, not a fan of this, not a fan of these comments. They're one-sided, and he's on one side. <laughs> and when you're on that one side and that microphone is that big and that loud, I don't think that you want to kick up any more dust about this circumstance, mm. especially when you're trying to actually mitigate or put this behind you why bring more attention to it when the owners do this exact same thing every single day case in point why do players fight for no trade clauses because they know they got to protect themselves from the same owners that don't honor their contracts the same owners that says hey we're paying you so we can do whatever we want to do to you like my homeboy from Compton, DeMar DeRozan. Y'all remember when he got traded to the Spurs? Completely blindsided when the Raptors traded him over the offseason. Like, what? What just happened here? Oh, it's not just him. What about Porzingis? And I'm giving y'all stars. This happens every single day, it seems like, to just regular guys. And coaches get displaced and players get displaced. But they're not big-time players. But Przingis got caught off guard when he got traded to the Mavericks. Darren Williams way back in the days when the New Jersey Nets, that happened. Chris Paul is in OKC. What? And he was surprised because Daryl Morey promised him that he wasn't going to move him just a couple of days before he moved him. So y'all got to understand what's good for the goose is good <coughs> for the gander. If the owner's going to get away with this, then the players should be able to get away with this. And the last person that should come speak out on it is the mouthpiece of the owners, because that, to me, is too one-sided. Now, let's break this down. I do like your take. I do like your take. But sometimes there's just one right side. 
Okay. There don't always need to be two sides to everything. There's just the right side, and everybody just get on that side and keep things peaceful. Okay. Um, owners have earned the right to be owners. Whether they own the right or their family members own the right, they earn the right to be owners. With being an owner comes a certain luxury that a player does not have. A parent has a certain luxury that a child does not have. If a parent says, go to your room, the child goes to a room. If the child says, go to your room, the parent does not have to follow that order because the parent has earned a right that a child doesn't have. In the same breath, if the owner wants to move a player, they've earned that right. What the owner has not earned the right to do is offer a player money and then break that money that he has offered that player. That is what the owner has not earned the right to do. But, Sal, we cannot sit here and act like owners and players are equal. They are not financially, nor have they earned the right as a player to become an Mm. owner. I played my little four years in the league. I ain't complaining that I wasn't owning no teams. I had not earned that right in any way, shape, or form. What comes with being an owner is the ability to trade a player when you want to trade a player. As a player, you do not have the power to just demand a trade when you want to demand a trade because you are not an owner. Now, as a player, you can demand money that has been promised. If an owner promises not to trade you, then man to man, man to woman, adult to adult, you can say keep your word. But it would be silly sell. And you would laugh hysterically if you got home this afternoon and your six-year-old son was like, Daddy, go to your room. I don't want to hear another word from you, Daddy. Go to your room. You would be be so perplexed because he is not the father figure, if you will, in this situation. He has not earned the right to tell you what to do. Owners have earned the right to dictate terms. After terms exist, now live and abide by that term. But owners have earned the right to dictate the terms. Now I'm going to stop yelling because my voice dictates the terms. <laughs> hey, yeah. jump out. So I, I, I love where we've gone with this because it really gets to a sticky point. And mm. I do believe that there is a distinction for the most part between your experience, uh, Emmy, in the NFL and the NBA. Players and their revenue ability, their value to a franchise as an individual is far greater than the average NFL player for certain. And so as a result, they have been afforded more influence uh, because of that value. And they've continued to expand that. Now, this is the issue and this is where Marcellus, Kevin Durant's situation is different than some of the other ones that you mentioned because Kevin Durant has operated unilaterally. In some of those previous examples you gave, there was conversation between the team and the player to figure out, okay, we didn't want you to leave. We're trying to convince you to stay. But they got to a certain point where they said, okay, if you want to go, we'll help make this happen. But there was communication and there was negotiation and there was cooperation. That's not what we're getting with Kevin Durant. And so uh, you're right. It is very much a mercenary thing that Adam Silver is doing here. He's doing the bidding of the owners Mm -hmm. to say, Kevin, you've gone too far. And the owners are not happy because we will share some of this authority and control. But you're trying to take too much of it and we're going to grab some of it back. So this is not this utilitarian, this is what's good for the game, but more so, this is the way the owners want it to be. And I dare say that if it was just Kevin Durant, 
We might not be having this conversation, but Ben Simmons started us down this path. And now they're seeing like one did it. KD's doing it. We got to stop this before we get more guys signing that extension. Zion Williamson a year from now saying, you know what? On second thought, I don't want to be here. They see that coming and Adam Silver is trying to get ahead of it. Yeah, some reason Anthony Davis comes to mind. I know that was sticky down there in New Orleans for a while before he forced his yep. way out of there. Great points, great points. But Adam Silver missed a moment right here. He missed a moment because you are the commissioner, which I know means that you work for the 30 owners. But at the same time, don't have an open negotiation with us in the midst of a circumstance that you want to go away. Because now you're not even trying to mm. extinguish the circumstance. You're just trying to get your points in it's for future labor conversations. It's almost negligent. Mm. I'm going to be real about it. Let's talk about this. He could have caped up for all the players and coaches that get displaced. And, oh, my God, I, you can't pick if you're a part of a trade package. Like right now, if Kevin Durant says, I'm going to Golden State, Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> Jordan Poole, <laughs> maybe Draymond, whoever, Airbnb, y'all. Y'all out of there. Just like that. Adam Silver had this moment to talk about how that feels to them or to coaches as well. When coaches get part of this in overnight, midnight hour, they get fired. But nope, he decided to do it this way. And Adam Silver knows that he doesn't have to talk about this to make this happen. The game is sold, not told. And Adam Silver tried to go out there and tell us how he's going to act going forward. And here's the problem. Even if Kevin Durant leaves Brooklyn, Brooklyn is better off for the three years they had Kevin Durant than they were before Kevin Durant. We weren't talking about the Brooklyn Nets like this before Kevin Durant. And even if he leaves and they go down, they're still better off than what they were. And wherever he lands, Phoenix, Miami, Golden State, good Lord, I don't care where they are, they're going up. And that's how the economy of the NBA continues to grow. Because the teams that didn't have an opportunity or were lowly get a star in player movement, and that helps them. And that increases everyone's bottom line. I don't understand why he did it this way. We all know that contracts, when you sign them, it's 10, 20 pages, because it's not just about money. If it was just about money, it'd be one sheet. <laughs> how much I'm getting paid, that's it. The owners know that as well. They write all that other language in there because that's a binding contract that they don't honor. So I dare you, MJ, to come home today. Talk about I got to go to my room. But in all seriousness, Acho, that's a great point. But when you break promises, I, know, I learned this as a parent. You don't break promises because that affects their stability. That affects their security. That affects them having trust in the home. So no matter what I say, even though I got the power, I don't break that trust because I won't build that. Well, Adam Silver, don't complain right now because it's not built in your NBA because you know why? Those owners stopped building it a long time ago. Coming up, Lamar Jackson thinks silence is golden, even if he was not named a top 10 quarterback. I'll tell you if he's being too quiet. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Lamar Jackson was listed as an honorable mention in a recent survey of the top 10 quarterbacks heading into this season. Lamar is a former MVP, but still could not crack the top 10. The Ravens star posted a cryptic message after the news, tweeting, Silence is golden, along with a trophy and prayer hand emoji. So, Acho, is Lamar Jackson being too quiet amid criticism? Absolutely. Too quiet for you? Um, sometimes. Not all the time. But sometimes you got to remind people who you are. Say that. And Lamar Jackson, 
It's about god dang time oh. to remind people who you are. Ooh, church going. I First quarterback, 25 or younger with 37 wins. First quarterback ever with multiple thousand-yard rushing seasons. First player in NFL history mm. to post a game with 400 yards passing and 50 yards rushing and four passing touchdowns with no picks. Lamar, sometimes you got to remind people who you are because they'll forget. I think about Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers said, hey, my worst years are your quarterback's best years. We thought that was outlandish. Surface level seems like it. But then I did my research. I went digging. Aaron Rodgers' worst year that he was referencing, he had 26 touchdowns, four picks. At the time, Dak Prescott's first year, he had 23 touchdowns, four picks. Remember that year for Dak Prescott, 23 touchdowns, four picks, 13 and three? He got an MVP vote. Aaron Rodgers, 26 touchdowns, four picks. They drafted Jordan Love to replace him. Sometimes mm. you got to remind people who you are, Lamar. Remind people that you were simultaneously a top six passer and a top six rusher at the same dang time. Uh, I'll be passing. I'll be rushing. <laughs> Boy, remind them who you are, Lamar. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think he's being too quiet. I know that being meek does deserve mm. honor. Being meek mm. does deserve uh, rewarding, if you will. Yeah. But sometimes, Lamar, you got to remind them who you are. Mm. I love it. I love it. And I love the fact that I don't approach things that way. And I love the fact that Lamar is not approaching it that way. Because talk is cheap. Imagine Lamar Jackson goes out there and tries to talk his way through this. Remind people. Squeaky wheel gets the oil, all that. Talk isn't going to save you. Because think about it. There's only three populations that always exist. It's the ones that are for you, and they don't want to hear it because they're already for you. They don't need to hear it. And it's the ones that are casual, on the fence, trying to still figure out who you are, Lamar Jackson. Words won't move them either because they need to see it on the field. And then the ones who are against you, trust me, no matter what you say, futile attempt of convincing them. So this all goes down to action. As Marshawn Lynch said, it's all about action, boss. In this situation, say nothing and do everything. Say nothing, do everything if you're Lamar Jackson. Because if not, you get you get caught and you get suckered into the talk trap. And we see it all the time. Every single offseason, somebody has lost weight. Every single offseason, somebody is working out harder. Every single offseason, somebody is better than ever. Ezekiel Elliott comes to mind and talking about how I'm leaner and meaner. And then you see him on the field, you're like, what was that? If you're Lamar Jackson, you have played your way into this conversation. Now don't talk your way through this conversation. Continue to put up greatness on that field, and that's how you handle this situation. Talk is cheap as a lie. Okay, let's go. It's a lie. Um, you know, it's not a lie. Again, it's changed, it's morphed, it's a lie. Talk is cheap is not inaccurate, it's incomplete. Because talk is cheap for me, but expensive for them. Let me hear it. It don't cost Lamar Jackson anything to hype himself up, but it's going to cost the Ravens a lot more money once they realize the hype that Lamar Jackson has occurred and accrued by everybody listening. I often think about mm. Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. Yes, yes, yes. By literally every metric, Tim Duncan's a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant. Mm. Like, Y'all go home and look at the stats. Mm -hmm. Like, disregard your affinity for the late, great Kobe Bryant like we all had. I, too, was shooting fadeaways, yelling Kobe. But Tim Duncan, by every metric, was a greater basketball player than Kobe Bryant. But Kobe Bryant talked. 
Mm. So you knew how good Kobe was. I can't recall Tim Duncan in one commercial, not one. I can recall Kobe Bryant in a whole lot. When you think about <laughs> legacy, <laughs> Tim Duncan doesn't come to mind often. But Kobe sure does. Tim Duncan, by every statistical metric, was a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant. But we talk about Kobe Bryant. Talk was cheap for Kobe, mm. but it was expensive for the Lakers. It was cheap for Kobe, but it was expensive for body armor. It was cheap for Kobe, <laughs> but it was expensive for Nike. Mm. So talk might be cheap for Lamar, but it's going to be very expensive for the Ravens. Lamar got to start talking because he just got to remind people exactly what it is and who he is. But those people... I, I get what you're saying, but we're not trying to get endorsements. We're not trying to convince the people and get my followers up or at least my mentions more likable. The organization has million dollars resource, millions of dollars of resources to look at their team and self-scout. And then millions of dollars to go out there and scout the other teams. They in that building know the value. That's why they in that building have been saying, we want to negotiate with you. The owner has come out and said, Lamar Jackson, if he wants to play it this way, can play, franchise, franchise, and make $60 million a year. The owner said that. So when you talk about Kobe and Tim Duncan, tremendous example. This is why I think it's different than even what you said. Everything you said, and let's add this layer. Tim Duncan never won back-to-back championships. Why is that important? Because it reminds me of me in terms of, like, back-to-back success. If you're a meteor or if you have sustained success, it's way better than this consistent roller coaster, good, great, good, great. Duncan won five over, what, three decades? Kobe won three, went away, won two, went away. And that was greater in impact, because it was like, whoa, Mm. whoa, the meteor came back. And I think that was the biggest differentiator between Kobe and Duncan, back to back to back. And then back to back versus Duncan. Here, where Duncan go? Over there, island. Over there. Uh, you get a little fatigued. And I've seen it with players in their careers. Like maybe a Frank Gore. Imagine like Frank Gore has all this. And all this. And he's like, where's the boom? Boom. No dynamite. So I look at this situation. If you're Lamar Jackson, one, you don't want to talk too much because you haven't won it all. Like, you imagine if he really pushes for Lamar Jackson. Then they're going to say, that's all you care about? You don't care about the team? You don't care about the championships? Lamar, you got to just play your way through this one, and then everybody's going to end up talking for you. That's true, too. People will eventually talk for you, but sometimes you got to light that fire. I hear you. Um, don't you think, hmm. based off what you've seen over the last two, three, four years, you can get fired? from a sports profession or any profession based off public outcry and public backlash. big time. Cancel culture, right? You can get fired based off of it. Yeah. We've seen players get released after things got exposed to the public and there was outcry. We've seen suspensions be extended because of public outcry. We've seen television hosts be fired because of public outcry. Mm. If you can get fired because of the public, then you too should be able to get hired and paid because of the public. Mm. So what I'm saying is, Lamar, let the public know We are inherently lazy. (laughs) We just believe whatever people tell us at face value. True. So we just don't think the top 10 quarterbacks or whoever that list was put out by yesterday Mm -hmm. that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Oh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, he's better than Lamar. He does rank seventh. Joe Burrow. Yeah, he is ranked fifth. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, he's better than Lamar at six. Dak Prescott. He's got to be better than Lamar. Deshaun haven't seen him play, but he's better than Lamar. Mm -hmm. We're just going to be lazy and believe what they tell us. Lamar, check these fools. Herbert's 15 and 17 as a starter. 
You won 37 games before 25. Lamar, remind people you younger than Joe Burrow, even though he, you got drafted and came into the league before him <laughs> oh, and won a unanimous MVP while he was in college. Check these fools, Lamar, because if you do not, then they will not know. When Until Aaron Rodgers said that his best season was your best – his worst season was your favorite quarterback's best seasons, we were just like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. Mm. But when he said that, I literally had to start looking. Wait, Rodgers' worst season – was a season in which Dak Prescott had an MVP vote based off worst statistics. Mm. Lamar got to check himself. Oh, man. Here's the problem with checking these fools you said a couple of times. Don't argue with fools. Mm. From a distance. From a distance. They ain't going to be able to tell who's who from who. Coming up, Steph Curry apparently reached out several times to KD for a reunion. I don't so, believe it. You don't believe it? I don't oh, believe we it. We got receipts and slick written notes. We'll tell you if we love or hate this next. Don't speak for yourself. Steph Curry on the shop, boy. Recently said he likes where the newly crowned champion Warriors are at right now. Amid Kevin Durant trade rumors. But our guy Slick Rick Dubuque wrote in his BoxSports.com article that Steph has actually reached out several times to KD. And he's eager to improve his chances of winning a fifth championship and surpassing LeBron James. So Slick, you wrote the article. But Acho, I'm coming to you first. You love or hate Steph reaching out numerous times to KD about a reunion. Slick, I don't take you to be a liar. I hope you're not a liar. But I'm believing you lying to me on this one, Slick. Um, Because, Slick, if you telling the truth, I hate it, big dog. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. (sighs) Steph, when you won your first chip, you did so without Kevin Durant. Steph, when you won your last chip, you did so without Kevin Durant. Steph, even when y'all went to beg for Kevin Durant, it was Draymond Green who begged. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't you, Steph. So now, do not attach your name, Steph Curry, to a desperation nor a desire for Kevin Durant. Let Draymond do that. Let Clay do that. Let Kerr do that. But not you, Steph. To acquire Draymond is only to hurt your legacy. So truly, I hate it, and I hope somebody can convince me otherwise. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I absolutely Love it. And now part of what we have to frame here is what's the level of conversation? You know, is he is he checking to see, hey, KD, how would you feel about coming back? Or is he outright recruiting him and saying, hey, KD, we need you back? In either case, I don't have a problem with Steph doing that. The 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 here's here's what's lost in the interpretation of what happened when they first recruited KD, and you said it, Acho, like, you hope that Steph wasn't the guy recruiting him. You hope that that was Draymond Green. You don't want that on Steph. Mm -hmm. Steph doesn't care if you put that on him. Mm. Steph looks at this and says, I need KD to win another championship? Okay. What's wrong with that? Because, and this goes to a conversation that I had with Steph when he first blew up and KD (laughs) just arrived. And I said to Steph, I said, would you trade? It's one of these crazy kind of conversations you have in the locker room after a game. But I said, would you trade one of your MVPs for three first-team All-NBA selections? And he thought about it. And then we were like, we kind of got into the, the uh, negotiating. Is it three? Is it four? What would it take? But he was open to the idea. And four, he would definitely do it. Three, mm, maybe. I went over and asked KD the same question. KD's like, 
No, dude, I'm taking the MVP. I don't like <laughs> because it's where they come from. Steph Curry, in his mind, is still the guy that came out of Davidson. He's the guy that was drafted seventh. He was the guy that didn't go to the playoffs for the first many years of his uh, his career. Question as to whether he could even ever get there, that he was just a nice player with bad ankles. Mm. So he still has this mentality, I just want to be in the conversation, and I just want to win. I am going to be in the present. I'm not worried about my legacy. I'm not worried about who the leader is. I'm not worried about who gets the lion's share. I just want to prove that I am among the best, and I want to win. Beginning and end of story. And so his reaching out to KD, we can look at it as, involving ego and positioning and legacy and what it means. I, I had somebody close to Steph tell me this going into the playoffs. Like, would he like to win finals MVP? Absolutely. Is that his ultimate goal? No. It was winning it all one more time. It's why going after the three-point record actually kind of kicked him sideways because that was a selfish thing to do. And that is the one thing that Steph Curry has never been about. So if it's getting KD back, wins more championships for me and us, he is more than willing to do that. And he's not going to let his ego or his concerns about how people see him in the big picture get in the way. Yeah, I'm with you, Slick. I love it. I love it. I love it. Steph Curry's not caught in a trap. And there's a trap out there right now for these active professional athletes. They're telling you that it's all about rings or no other thing. And I get it. But there are multiple ways to play out your own career. And I'm loving the fact that Steph Curry is not lost in the sauce. He's actually a boss. He's flying above all of the fray and saying, look, hmm. I'm still in team building 101. You know, the thing that we give general managers so much props for when they give you this great roster but when a player does the same thing, all of a sudden, oh, what are you doing, player? How dare you pick your players and how dare you pick this super team? But when the owner or the GM can do it, it's all love. Steph Curry's flying above all of that. You know what he's saying? In simple team building 101, <laughs> I'm going to go get the best players. I'm going to get the best team. I'm going to put myself in the best situation. And I don't care what y'all think about it. Selfish, selfless, it's Steph's way. And I respect it and I love it. Just imagine how far away we've gone from logic. Like just the simple logic of I'm going to create the best opportunity for me and my teammates. And we're going to try our best to travel down the path of least resistance. Like, that's what sports is. You want the best coach because he's innovative, he's a genius, and he can create plays and deception. You want the best players because look at us across the board. We're going to smoke, y'all. And then all of a sudden, now we're in this conversation, and it's tired to have this conversation daily. The athletes got to pick the path of most resistance mm -hmm. so that they can now make their championships worthy. Acho, you and I, track fans, we know this. You imagine you said, man, I want to win the Olympics tomorrow, but I hope it's windy and rainy, and I hope my spikes aren't there and loose. Like, why do you want to set yourself up to go through the rigors of it when you just want to show up in best shape, with the best situation, best circumstances, and have the best result? So, so, salute to you, Steph. We're staying above all that, Frank. I can't do it. Um, it's for this reason. 
Slick, you're a historian of sports, not just basketball. You're a historian of sports. Sell, you two are a student of sports like myself. <laughs> the greatest sports stories, the greatest games. You at home, think about your favorite game of all time, college, mm. NFL, mm. NBA, whatever the case may be, whatever sport. There was probably a comeback story, an overcoming story, a moment of tension. There was some moment where you were like, yes, this person did not look like a victor, and somehow they were victorious. For me, Eagles winning the Super Bowl 2017. Coming back from behind, Nick Foles replaces Carson Wentz late in the end of the season. Nick Foles decides to call a play. Eagles were counted out. Somehow they beat the Patriots. My goodness, great moment, great story. For Bulls fans, it might be the Bulls trailing seconds left. Michael Jordan strips the ball from Carl Malone, takes the ball down the court, crosses over Byron Russell, bucket, Bulls win in six. Jordan jumps up and celebrates. There's a moment of tension. It builds legacy. It builds narrative. It builds the story. It's what makes sports great. Our favorite games and our favorite memories weren't a 56-0 blowout. <laughs> that's not like your favorite memory of sports, Slick. I doubt that's yours. It's definitely not mine. Marcellus, I know it's not yours. No, no. There's a moment moment of tension. Steph Curry winning the NBA Finals this year, there was a moment of tension. Wait, are the Warriors down to the Celtics? Do they lose game one? Might they lose? Are the Celtics up 2-1? Steph, you got to have a big game. Draymond is choking. Steph, did you just drop 34 points? Wait, Steph, you're going to win your first Finals MVP? There was a moment of tension. Warriors 2015. Warriors, are you down 2-1? Della Vadova, you stopping Steph? Wait a second. Out of nowhere, you got Iggy? A moment of tension. So Steph gains more in legacy, in mm. narrative, in story without mm. Kevin Durant because it's the tension mm. that makes a story great. There's a reason slick, mm. sell that in movies you have three acts. And usually between mm. that first and second act is when you as a viewer are surprised. Like, it looks like nothing great's going to come from this, but somehow, mm. some way, the greatness mm. occurred. Because you have tension. You have an antagonist. You have a protagonist. Tension makes stories great. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, same team, minimal tension, no story, no legacy additive. <sighs> Acho, your voice may not be the best, but your point making is still top notch. Mm. As you, uh, that was that's, that's a dog. fantastic case to be made, and I agree with everything you said. But this is where Steph Curry bends <laughs> the spectrum. In that, what is also entertaining is when we see or witness something that we've never quite seen before. It's true. When someone approaches the storytelling model and creates a different narrative completely. And one of the things that was so eye-opening or so amazing about Steph Curry was the fact that he was injured coming in to the first round and he came off the bench and Jordan Poole was allowed to shine. And he, after game one, he was never threatened by what Jordan Poole was doing. He invited it. He's done that with so many players. He did it with Kevin Durant. When he, we've never seen a superstar or a star of Steph Curry's magnitude be able to invite everybody to the table to eat and never let his ego get in the way of what the ultimate goal is. So yeah, from a storytelling perspective, 
his chasing that finals or getting that finals MVP had a certain drama to it that was exciting. But he's already checked that box. Mm. He's already told that story. And he continues to build his very own story and his approach, which is truly unique. And it's what I admire the most because it is this combination of confidence in who he is and what he's capable of doing and an absolute humility in saying, but it doesn't have to be all about me because I'm never going to lose sight of what the ultimate goal is in this team sport, which is us. And what can we accomplish? And I honestly, I have never seen it in a player the way I've seen it in Steph Curry. And he's maintained it even though he's blown up into being a superstar that not even he imagined when he came into the league. So I can't help but stand back and say, I love that for all that has happened and all of the outside noise that tries to put on what he should be trying to accomplish, that Steph Curry, at his core, has remained true to himself. And I'm, I'm never going to say mm. that I hate that when I see an example of it being made on a platform of this magnitude. Yeah, I love it. That Steph Curry, that confidence. And confidence, I think a lot of times when we talk about it, we talk about your belief in what you can do. But confidence also has the flip side to it, which won't allow others to do something to you. Their perceptions, the way that they tell you. So when you're confident in something and someone tells you something else, the outsiders, all the noisemakers, the naysayers, Steph Curry has enough confidence in himself to still be Steph Curry. And that's what's amazing. And let's be real, he wants to check all the boxes if possible. Isn't he licensed to do it? Like, if we were Steph Curry in this position, wouldn't you want to check another box? Like, I grew up loving cartoons. Transformers was my favorite, but I used to get hooked on Superman, Aquaman, you catch me over there, Batman and Robin. And I was like, there's nothing better than when I'm watching Superman and watching Aquaman and all that. And then they made the Super Friends. And I said, oh, they all together. And then you, you couldn't get me away from the television. I am not upset if Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, they make this thing happen again. They get the super friends because other teams are trying to do the same thing. Whether they succeed like Golden State did before, that's on them. But for Steph Curry to do it with this much confidence, I must give him, I must give him all the props and praise for doing it that way. Coming up, Baker Mayfield's in Carolina, but so is Sam Darnold. We'll tell you which quarterback should be the Panthers starter. That's next for yourselves. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are in the same 2018 draft class. Now they're on the same team. The Panthers general manager said yesterday there will be an open competition for their quarterback starting spot. Baker addressed it yesterday saying, quote, it's going to be special. And I think we're going to help each other out quite a bit. Slick is back with us, but Acho, who should be the Panthers starter? Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Baker should be the day one starter. Now, by day two, we got to figure that one out. But <laughs> Baker Mayfield went to Carolina for a reason. Like, you did not bring Baker Mayfield to Carolina to be a backup, just like you did not bring Cam Newton to Carolina last year to be a backup. At a minimum, if you cannot win on the scoreboard, at least win in ticket sales. Week one oh. in Carolina, Panthers, Browns. If Baker's not starting that game, there is no reason, truth be mm. told, 
to watch that game with the same fervency that you would watch it otherwise. Had to check myself. Got to make sure I see what network it's on before I go in. There's no reason to watch it with the same fervency that you would watch it otherwise because Deshaun Watson likely won't be playing and the Panthers know exactly who and what they have in Sam Darnold. So why in the world would you jump to the stadium to go watch that game if not for Baker Mayfield? Mm. Matt Rule, head coach. You know what you got in Sam Darnold, man. You saw it last year. Y'all started out great, I believe 3-0. End up going a little bit 3-3. Sam Darnold gets hurt. Now you're looking for Cam Newton. All goes to uh, hell, if you will, after Mm. that. So Baker should be the starter day one. It should probably be Baker's job to lose. Now, he might lose it. Sam Darnold, he's been working hard this offseason. But Baker Mayfield, you brought him in for a reason, and it's not to be a backup. Mm. Otto, I agree that uh, ultimately you brought in Baker for a reason. I do not want him designated as the starter from day one of training camp. But if all things are equal, yes, Baker Mayfield should be the starting quarterback because, let's face it, there's a reason that you drafted a quarterback in the third round. There's a reason that you made a deal to acquire Baker Mayfield. It's because you have had a full year with Sam Darnold and you've realized he is not the answer, that the problem was not the New York Jets. It was, at least in some uh, fashion, Sam Darnold. Here's the thing. I want to give Baker, and I don't just want it for, the, for week one uh, to take advantage of who they're playing. I want to give Baker Mayfield every opportunity to be successful. And that means that I am going to stick with him to give him a chance to prove that. Because why? Because he's already demonstrated that he's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has all the physical ability in the world. He's, he fits the, the look of a successful quarterback. But he hasn't demonstrated that on the NFL level. He has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns the last two years in two different places. Baker Mayfield has never done that in his career. Baker Mayfield's passer rating has twice been well over 90. Sam Darnold's passer rating has never broke 85. So I know what Sam Darnold is. I don't know how much Baker Mayfield was a byproduct of the Cleveland Browns, but I brought him in to find out. And so this idea that I'm going to make it an open competition or I'm going to go back and forth between the two, no. I want Baker to earn the job, but... Once he has, then the job is his, and I want to see how good he can exactly how good he can be, whether I'm planning on moving forward with him or not. But the fact is, I know what Sam Darnold is. I want to find out what Baker Mayfield still might be. Mm-hmm. Strong, 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 strong. But I'm going with Sam Darnold. Who should? Basically, we're saying you better be the starter. It's Sam Darnold. He has a head start. And it's a big head start. Let's talk about it. He's been in the system for an entire year, so he knows the language. Baker Mayfield, he's learned multiple systems. He's done this before, but he doesn't have the same amount of time to learn this system. Only three preseason games, and he has to hit the summer running right now in terms of training camp. So Sam Darnold should be the starter because he does have that head start in the system. Also, he has a head start in terms of how much are you getting paid to go out there and play? Sam Donald is making $18.8 million. And 
Baker Mayfield, you're only making $4.8 million to Carolina. So if all things are equal, oh, all things will never be equal because $18 million to $4 million, we're going to try and get an ROI out of that $18 million. So here's the thing for Baker Mayfield. It's tough because he's going to a new place, learning a new language. And last time I checked, the natives of any place should know more than the tourists. And if Sam Darnold can't beat out Baker Mayfield, who has this much of a head start and this much collateral set aside for him, whoo. Sam Darnold just got to be sorry. And I don't think Sam Darnold's sorry because you remember last year he was 3-0. and Remember before McCaffrey got hurt, they were 3-1. and He was leading the league at rushing touchdowns at quarterback. He had a passer rating at right at 100. And he had the 68 completion percentage. Like he looked like a normal quarterback. Basically, if you give him a running game, you can see something out of Sam Darnold. Well, we gave Baker Mayfield a running game. And we saw similar results. So what would you go for, Slick? The $4 million dude or the $18 million dude? Sam Darnold should be the starter week one. But you got to think, Sal, you didn't acquire Baker to bench him. That's real. You know, like it really, that's where our conversation should start and stop. Baker Mayfield is a distraction. We know that. Distractions are only worth it if they are also contributions. I don't want a distraction that's not a contribution. So the only way Baker Mayfield can offset the distraction that he is by the nature of his existence is if he is starting and contributing. So for that reason and that reason alone, I need Baker Mayfield to be given the job. Slick, I like how you said earn it, but sometimes in ball and in life, that's not really what it is. I want Baker Mayfield to be given the job and hope he does not lose it. He does not need to earn it. By nature of them, them trading for him, knowing exactly who and what he was, give it to him. Hope he keeps it. Sam Darnold, I think, is incredibly talented. If Baker loses it, he loses it. But you do not have Baker Mayfield knowing he's going to be a distraction unless you allow him to be a contribution as well. Yeah, but Baker Mayfield, in terms of what he needs in his mental makeup, the vitamins he needs to resurrect his career and to all of a sudden look at him differently in perception is not to give him something before he's earned it. And they had mention of this before. They said out of there, Matt Rule and others, we want his fiery spirit. We want this out of Baker Mayfield. And maybe midseason November, we're going to look at this conversation differently at that time. But to hit the ground running with Baker Mayfield, who in week one starts in his career, is 0-3. And at least Sam Darnold is 500. He's 2-2. Two and two. Baker Mayfield is a little different than Sam Darnold if you really are looking at him. Baker Mayfield kind of does the ramp up, and Sam Darnold kind of starts high and goes low. Maybe there will be a perfect midseason intersect- intersection. But to start off with Baker Mayfield from hello, I think that's going to be a bad situation. Sell us. Yes. Sell us. You're yes. just going to ignore that they played the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans in those first three games. <laughs> we're just we're going to let that. Just... You're going to ignore who in a division. You're going to ignore who Carolina is. That's what's going. Baker Mayfield in the same situation when he was out there. Like, don't act like Pittsburgh is the same. Don't act like Cincinnati, two wins a couple seasons ago. I just asked a wins. question. I'm just, I, I, I'm just saying. Otto, I, I just asked a question. <laughs> we might be looking at this Spider-Man meme. Baker, Sam Darner, who is who? Coming up, the Warriors are already the champs. But we'll tell you if the addition of Kevin Durant will guarantee another one. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Get yeah, those some scrubs, guys. 
The Warriors recently won the NBA title, but there are still reports out there that they want a reunion with Kevin Durant. In an article by our guy Slick Rick Dubuker, an anonymous Eastern Conference GM said the time is now for the Warriors to bring KD back in order to maximize Steph Curry's prime. So, Acho, will Kevin Durant guarantee another Warriors title? Ooh, I thought long and hard about this one, Sal. I got to admit it. Kevin Durant would guarantee the Warriors Ooh. another title. The problem is it would come at the expense of several more titles, plural. Let's go. That's the dilemma. Let's yeah, go. you get KD, you're going to get one more. I can guarantee you that. But you get KD, you're going to have to sacrifice maybe a 27-year-old Wiggins. Mm-hmm. What a 22, 23-year-old Poole. What a 19-year-old Kaminga. You're going to have to sacrifice other players that would guarantee you more tight tools for the sake of a tight tool. And that's what's problematic. I always say, never give up what you want most for what you want now. Wow. What the Warriors want most is another dynasty. What they want now might be another chip. Don't give up what you want most, another dynasty, for what you want now, another tight tool, another championship. Mm. Kevin Durant will guarantee you one. But between Poole, Kaminga, Wiggins, amongst others, I think you are guaranteed several more. I like the idea an idea form of KD and Steph. Mm. But in reality and actuality, just keep going with what you got. Yeah, guarantee throws me off. Just thinking how the West is going to come back reloaded. And I'll start with the Clippers. On paper, looking like the deepest team and most talented team, it just happens to be my team. But if you look at the Clippers, if they come back and then you say KD and Steph, you're like, whoa, who else? Oh, it gets interesting. Clay's coming back from the injury another year under his belt, but also another year older. Draymond Green, um, like, who's going to be a part of the trade package to even get Kevin Durant? Who will be remaining with them, KD and Steph? And then that depth of other teams who PG and Kawhi healthy, KD and Steph, you give the nod, KD and Steph, because you've seen it more recently. However, number three through eight, number three through nine, has to start going other teams' way. And you talk about all the other contenders out there when they get healthy. And LeBron James and the Lakers, whatever spins out of that, and maybe Kyrie, LeBron, and AD. Point being, guarantee is just too strong. We've done this before, and this is why so many artists get in trouble when they just, oh, let's, this song was amazing. Let's do it again. Let's do a remix and bring it on something. Leave it alone. Don't touch that original. It was better that way. Coming up. It sounds like Anthony Davis is having a great offseason. We'll tell you if that news is something or nothing. Next on Speak for Yourself. Anthony Davis said last month that he had not shot a basketball since April. Hmm. It's got a lot of people's attention, but Lakers GM Rob Palenka may have put people at ease saying recently, quote, I think he's quietly put together one of the biggest offseasons of his career. Acho, is it something or nothing that AD has put together a big offseason? So you know me, bro. I've never seen l- I've never seen less of anything than the nothing I've seen just now. <laughs> this is absolutely nothing. I don't need Anthony Davis to give me a quiet offseason. I need him to give me a loud in season. Mm, please. Please. It's say. not about what you do in the offseason, Anthony Davis. Now, that's figuratively speaking. Mm. Literally speaking, it's exactly about what you do in the offseason because that will dictate what you do in the in season. Yeah. But offseason, I don't care, AD. You can't (laughs) win a title in the offseason. You can put yourself in a position to win a title in the offseason, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. But I don't want a quiet offseason. If anything, I want a loud offseason. 
because he's had a very loud shortcoming in season. His injury's been hella loud. Remember that. Uh, his absence is incredibly loud. So don't give me a loud, a quiet offseason. They always say, um, let your apology be as loud as your criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing right here, big mm. dog. AD, I need your off-seasons to be as loud as them injuries. Yeah, it just reminds me of like in track and field, they used to always say, you win the races in practice, they just give you the medals at the meet. Mm. So it's great. It's great. Like, you got to prepare. Preparation is the separation. I just don't need to hear about it. Because guess what? Everybody preparing. And everybody looks great in the offseason. Everyone looks great on air. Everyone looks great against their skills, coach. Everyone looks great going around cones. I want people to understand that I have, first of all, lethal shooter, this guy, big-time shooter and coach with Anthony Davis. I played in a celeb game with him before. Dude can shoot. Then he also misses shots as well. Point being, I have been to NBA practices. I have played with NBA players. Not sure if everyone has. In practice, they don't miss. In celeb games, they don't miss. On air, they don't miss. And I'm talking about the guys who don't play. I'm talking, you have no idea. They don't know about in the NFL. You catch one of the bench warmers in the NFL at some like summer camp and watch him do the cone drill. You're going to say, good Lord, how many Pro Bowls? He'll be like, what? You mean how many plays? I ain't played yet. It's that difficult. There are levels to this. I used to get psyched out by this, all how good you looked in a workout. High school, went to UCLA football camp. I remember it like yesterday. Everybody getting off the bus bigger than the bus, and I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, I ain't going to never go to college, let alone pro. Then you just say, nah, I kicked the ball off. Let's see how this is going to play out. Anthony Davis, great. You're doing all the right things. Let's just wait till you get on the damn court. Stay on the court, and then we'll see how quiet or loud this offseason is. <laughs> I love that, bro. Them cats that look good getting off the bus. Man, um, come on, bro. With AD, it really comes down to this. We've heard too much negligible work in his offseasons mm. that to hear that he has a good quiet offseason can't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. And truth be told, the only reason it matters is because Anthony Davis is a driving force of the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, yes. Anthony yes. Davis is a driving force of maybe the greatest basketball player or second greatest player of all time's legacy. Mm. Like Anthony Davis, you are holding in your hands LeBron James' legacy quite Literally. Mm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, if he does not have Magic Johnson during the later, latter half of his years, we're not talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as maybe the greatest basketball player ever, all things Great included, point. high school, college, NBA. Mm. But Magic Johnson held Kareem's legacy in his hands, mm. and he used it and he massaged it so masterfully that now Magic won, Kareem won, and everybody wins. AD, yes. please do for LeBron what yes. Magic did for Kareem. Yes. Get him another couple titles. Bump his legacy up even more so and let everybody win. Do all the little things for him. And LeBron going to be there when you need him and going to take it over the top. Reminds me of my son, MJ. Nah. I'm going to pay the mortgage. I got the roof over your head. Just give me the remote, damn it. Can you just help me with the remote? Coming up. And the dishes. And the dishes. And the trash. Cowboy legend and putting Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. Tell you exactly how hot this seat is. Next on Speak for Yourself. And clean your room. <laughs> and stop. Mike McCarthy is entering his third season in Dallas, and so far, he has not gotten past the wild card round. Cowboys legend Drew Pearson thinks the pressure is on, saying, quote, McCarthy is on the hot seat as far as the Cowboys are concerned, and Jerry Jones is concerned. So, Acho, how hot is Mike McCarthy's seat heading into the season? 
Very hot. Even if you are a Mike McCarthy fan like yourself, you draw yeah. the parallels. Mike McCarthy, year three with Aaron Rodgers, he won a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy, year three with Dak Prescott, what are you going to do? Your first year with Dak Prescott went awry. Not your fault. Dak Prescott got hurt. Your second year with the Cowboys, you all lost, even though you had a home playoff game to the San Francisco 49ers that had played seven games in 49 days, mm-hmm. and y'all hadn't played nearly amount, didn't have nearly the workload, still got beat by Jimmy G. And not only did you get beat, many argue, Mike McCarthy, you were the reason y'all got beat. Questionable coaching decisions down the stretch. It's a very hot seat for Mike McCarthy, particularly knowing Sean Payton's on the street. Dallas Cowboys have two future head coaches in their coordinating rooms, and Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore is a hot seat, big dog. It's hot. It's hot. It's not broiler hot. Like the bottom of the oven hot, it ain't that. Like it's going to burn your toast. Convection, a little the air circulating, like you get you, the air fryer. The air fryer, there you go. Put it in there. You can put your hand in the air fryer. It ain't gonna hurt you. But he better do something because the parallels you're gonna draw from Green Bay and here is gonna be what probably executes him if he doesn't do something this year. No more of those one and dones in the playoffs, especially with this roster as talented as it is. And we got to see someone out there have a career year just to know that the coaching is taking hold. All that said, my man Nacho plowed through it today. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow.